Welcome to The Brink of Impact, a podcast with me, Maggie Stoller. Me, Rachel Whaley. And me, Chelsea Lowe. Three young, aspiring social impact entrepreneurs living in Chicago that just started a podcast that want to chat about that. Our goal of the podcast is to energize young people to build careers in social impact. We need young people in the social impact and nonprofit space, and we are out here to try to interview and talk about some of those ideas and hopefully making the world a better place. First things first, we want to tell you, our listeners, a little bit about us, Chelsea, Rachel, and Maggie, the creators of this podcast. What led me to a career in social impact were the direct service experiences that I had that drew an emotional reaction from me. One experience that I can think of is one summer, I worked as a summer camp counselor at an elementary school and the camp provided breakfast, lunch, and snack for the kids. And this one little boy came up to me and he looked me right in my eyes and put his hand on my arm and he said, I only eat when I see you. And that experience just drew such an emotional reaction from me that I knew I wanted to be committed to this space. What led me to a career in social impact is my college major in public policy. Through that, I learned that while positive social change can happen through the government, a lot of times the on-the-ground implementation of those changes is carried out by social impact organizations. And sometimes it's those organizations that help drive the public policy change in the first place. So I feel like the social sector is the place where I can help make a difference most effectively. What led me to a career in social impact was my work in college with alternative spring break trips and a deep love of nonprofit work, but also realizing that I was most motivated by nonprofit work and organizations that were using exciting entrepreneurial ways to make an impact. I'm happiest when I'm creating something mainly food that I'm able to eat in the kitchen. I love being creative and working on projects that I can see the end result to. So cooking or building this podcast or doing anything where I'm creative, working with my hands, or just building something new. I am happiest when I am outside. I love spending time outdoors, hiking, biking, walking, exploring a new place. I love mountains, the ocean, lots of trees, being anywhere in nature. I am happiest when I am spending quality time with my friends or when I am taking an internet deep dive and in a rabbit hole of research and reading interesting articles. My dream job, and when I say dream, I mean like fantasy world, is to be a fairy godmother. I love making people's dreams come true, but also challenging them to get outside of their comfort zone. Like in Cinderella, she got to go to the ball and her fairy godmother made sure she got there, but she also pushed her to get out of the house. My dream job, fantasy world job, would be to work at a national park, to be a park ranger. I think it would be so much fun um, to spend 
that much time in such a beautiful place and uh, such a natural, um, beautiful environment. My dream job is to be a cast member of Saturday Night Live or to be the next Ira Glass. My jam or song that I'm really into right now is Wanna Be Happy by Kirk Franklin. And if you don't know who Kirk Franklin is, he's a gospel singer. He's also featured on Kanye West's Ultralight Beams. And it's just a really great song. It'll make you happy immediately. My jam right now is Alessia Cara, Wild Things. My jam right now is Anything by Julian Baker or All Hands on Deck by Tinashe. If I had to describe Chelsea in one word, it would be real. I would describe Chelsea as driven. I would describe Rachel as logical. She's really great with planning and organizing and making sure, you know, each step works out and planning everything for this podcast. So she's great. If I had to describe Rachel in one word, it would be quirky. I would describe Maggie as joyful. I would describe Maggie as welcoming. She's always super loving and kind to everyone she meets. I've been really into lately is Rails Bridge, which is this super cool organization that teaches women to code for free. So I went to one of their workshops two weeks ago at the Chicago Innovation Exchange, um, and it was this really great room full of really awesome women teaching each other uh, to code in Ruby on Rails to make simple kind of interactive websites, which was really cool. They did a lunchtime panel. They talked about getting a job in web development and in tech um, and kind of the work world and how that all works and what that actually looks like, um, especially for people who got English liberal arts degrees in college and then kind of switched to this field. So really cool organization. They provide free food, free childcare, um, and they do lots of free workshops. So free gluten-free food. And also free gluten-free <laughs> food, which is earth-shatteringly exciting. So, so yeah. Big deal for you. It's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, big deal. Right now we're going to get into our creative challenge. So we each wrote down two professional interests and three personal interests on different post-it notes put them all in a hat shuffled them up and we are going to pick out three and try to come up with a career or project that involves all three of these interests number one is exploring chicago okay number two is vegan cooking Ooh. And number three is, oh my gosh, the capsule closet, which I must say I contributed to the is What is the capsule closet? So let me first say the capsule closet is this idea, this is more of a personal interest, of really minimizing your closet so that you have like between 10 to 15 staple items that you wear that match with everything, that that is your spring wardrobe. So, like, getting rid of all other pieces that you have that you don't wear or, like, you've worn already once. And it's, like, really, like, just living, like, like very a very simple, fashionably oh, attainable life. It's interesting. Cool. Okay. So, just to repeat, we have Exploring Chicago, Vegan Cooking, and the Capsule Closet. So, lots of things come to mind, obviously, for Exploring 
Chicago and vegan cooking. Interesting where we think the capsule closet might. So what I'm thinking with the capsule closet is we could apply the concept to like food. So I'm thinking more like capsule kitchen. So where you like try to stock your kitchen with like a bunch of staple foods, like dry goods or whatever that like all easily go together. Cause like I know my kitchen, I have like refried beans and I have Thai curry sauce and I have like, you know, I have all these things that don't really go together. Mm. But like if, if there was some way to like, like stock your kitchen with things, you know, a good set of things where you could make like good vegan meals, like that doesn't really tie in the Chicago. No, but I feel like I like where you're going with it. Like living, I think, and this is like something that just even growing up, like there was so much happening in our kitchen. There was so much like food clutter, so many different kinds of food. Right. So I like the idea of having like this simplified kitchen. So yeah. you have this like staple list of things and then you like go to the vegan restaurant, like various places in Chicago and your blog could have like a map with like pins about where they are. And then after you go home, you like try to recreate like a version of your meal based mm. on your like staple kitchen. Instead of like going out and buying like the weird teriyaki sauce that you're only going to use for this one dish and then it's going to sit in your refrigerator for six months. Yeah. Because you're going to forget what to use it for. Exactly. Do you like that? Yes. I'm thinking this through. I love the idea that we have so far. And what I want to <laughs> add to it, and what I want to add to it is you're making this blog and you're going to different vegan restaurants around yes. the city. And there aren't, there probably aren't enough vegan restaurants in every neighborhood around the city so that's the issue with exploring chicago so instead you could go to the vegan restaurants that you are able to get recreate the meal like Mm -hmm. you said write it on your blog but then explore chicago and teach different recipes to different community organizations or oh i was thinking you were gonna go like uh, i like that Mm -hmm. i was expecting you to go in the direction of like if a neighborhood doesn't have a vegan restaurant just eat at a not vegan restaurant and still try to recreate a version of your meal That's generally. That's so like I'm thinking if you're in a neighborhood and you go somewhere and like the main restaurant is like, you know, serves lasagna, mm. right? Like, that's very obviously not vegan. But you could like go home and make some sort of like vegan casserole thing, that like is somehow similar. I like that idea. So just go to regular Chicago restaurants all around the city. Yeah. And try to recreate. And like sometimes it could be a vegan restaurant. Like if you're in like you know Wicker Park, that's probably like. You know, you could totally go to a vegan restaurant. Exactly. Um, yeah. I know a good, like, vegan place in Hyde Park. We could go there. But, like, otherwise, you know, you could go to Harold's Fried Chicken and mm-hmm. eat that. Right. And then come yeah. home and eat, you know, make some, like, tempera vegetables and have that, yeah. you know, like. So, um, I love all this. Mm-hmm. And this is a different direction that I thought you were going to take it in. Okay. <laughs> was, so, tying in specifically the idea of this capsule kitchen, which I love. Mm-hmm. With exploring Chicago and connecting that specifically to SNAP and food benefits, because or SNAP Ooh. benefits and food stamps, mm-hmm. and then using that to teach vegan cooking classes in community centers where they don't have access to vegan restaurants. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so just I love that. So yeah, because I mean, it's maybe hard. Well, maybe not horrible. And it, actually, it's really not. I'm gonna say the capsule kitchens basically are. Some, like, kitchens that can't, like, some people can't afford to have all the different kinds of cool food items that we tend to buy. So, but really, not only when you're teaching these vegan cooking classes, teaching us how to make the vegan food, 
but also teaching us the importance and the value of using your snap and food stamps to buy the staples and to right like, and like buy things the that you could repurpose in multiple exactly, different recipes exactly and like that are would like be healthful and like which is especially challenging because the vegan diet consists mostly of very fresh foods which I feel right. like you know, this, there's studies about this, but sometimes food stamps are not, in communities, people don't use them for fresh foods because right. they don't have access to them, which kind of goes to, like, the food desert thing, and it's, like, a whole... So maybe we could skew it, like, instead of, like, recipes that require, like, coconut milk and, like, things that are more, maybe, like, harder to find, maybe we could try to do it with, like, I don't know, things that are just a little bit more available. Like, I'm thinking, like, frozen vegetables, for mm, example, exactly. are, like, pretty common mm-hmm. and, like, can be used in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So, like, maybe we try to keep, like... You know, like, let's not make anything that requires, like, flaxseed powder, you know, like... Definitely. From, from in bulk at Whole Foods only. Like, yeah. But maybe try to think about, like, ingredient accessibility. Coconut milk is actually in certain ethnic... Sorry, I wasn't they, trying to hate on coconut milk. No, 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 like, it <laughs> is, it is, though. But you'll be surprised, like, coconut milk is a lot easier to find than we think. Interesting. In the can. Okay. In the oh, can. Right. Yeah, I guess I buy cans mm. at harvest time when I, yeah. I'm making curry, so that makes sense. Yeah, so there's certain things okay. that we're thinking are... They're not as accessible. So maybe but like goat cheese is probably like not accessible. Yeah. And also not vegan, so yeah. that's maybe a bad example all around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, but still. Yeah. yeah. But there are some like corner stores in certain neighborhoods that you'd be surprised to see the vegan products. Yeah, now that you say that, that totally makes sense. So would have. Yeah. So maybe fo- focusing on like maybe things that are like canned goods or like mm-hmm. frozen goods or like dry goods. Yeah. Definitely. Because um, I know Shopping. a lot of vegan food can also go into that like raw all produce. Right. Uh, but like vegan foods you can find at a super at a supermarket at a corner store or a corner supermarket. Store. Yeah. Definitely. That'd be really so cool. cool. I like that idea, guys. Like Kush me too. Super cool. <laughs> Do you want to do another one? Something I love that I listen to weekly slash religiously is the podcast Call Your Girlfriend. It's hosted by Anne Friedman and Amina Tussauds, and they are two bestie lady friends who talk about the most interesting, pressing, political, social, beauty, uh, pop culture things that you need to know about to stay hashtag woke. Chelsea will kill me for using that. Um, but it's amazing and it's such a really good resource if you are interested in staying informed about a lot of really interesting feminist things, um, in the news or not. Um, and then also kind of a separate plug in addition to call your girlfriend, which is related, I promise, is Anne Friedman has a weekly newsletter, which you should, um, follow that just disseminates the most interesting articles from the week about a number of different things. Um, and then Anne and Aminatu also started a newsletter called The Bleed, which is amazing, and it's all about women and ladies, and it's just a really, really awesome resource that I recommend it. Oh, and they interviewed um, Melinda Gates. They did. They had a live show. They're big deal. They're big deal. That's so awesome. <laughs> and they asked Melinda Gates how she felt about um, information, them talking about the black Bill Gates. There's a line. There's in a Beyonce line. Song. Beyonce She's like, oh, black Bill Gates in the making. And yeah. Ooh. They asked her about it. And she was kind of like, yeah, Bill didn't really know like what that meant. <laughs> she was like, but our, our kids told us it was great. So yeah. Told us that was great. Yeah. But no, they're pretty cool. I don't even like them. And now for round two of our creativity challenge. Okay. So today we have our faith. Knitting Ooh. and gardening. 
Wow. Okay. So we want to explain faith. Okay, that was mine. Okay. <laughs> it's one for me to post again, based on handwriting, which is um, Oh, was it yours? No. Oh, it was mine. Okay. Mine okay. was knitting. Okay, okay. Uh, were you gardening? Oh my gosh, look at that, how that worked out. Wait, did, did that happen last time as well? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Based on the folding, I tried to pick ones that That's were That's what I tried to do, too. Oh my gosh, <laughs> perfect. Um, so the faith one was just something that like I'm personally trying to explore. And I kept it broad and just wrote faith because I feel like that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So we can kind of tie it into like spirituality or like mindfulness or Ooh, okay, okay, just like make it broader so that it can kind of maybe tie into the gardening and knitting thing that we're envisioning. Okay, so like mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Okay, which gardening and knitting both support. Oh my gosh, fully. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like a built-in one already, almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to combine gardening and knitting. And knitting. So what's coming to mind to combine those two things? Don't know how this ties in with faith. Is have you guys ever seen yarn bombing? Yes. Where like public benches or like Amazing. telephone poles or whatever are like wrapped with like knitting mm -hmm. and it's like a it's just kind of like an art installation kind of silly like thing yeah that I think is really fun so that's how I can think of getting knitting like outdoors <laughs> yeah right like this is the connection to gardening that I'm like yes. starting here to like yarn bomb a tree or I'm thinking like if there's a community garden mm. the gate you could like yarn bomb like the gate oh. or the posts or the Oh, I like that. Yeah. But wait, community garden idea. Let's keep thinking about that. So you have a community garden. Mm -hmm. You get to yarn bomb it, which is, like, really cool and an interesting, like, um, thing. But what if the community garden is, like, part of a church? It's like the church has a community garden. Yeah. Or some, like, interfaith center or, like... And... Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You guys. This is so cool. So they have, like, religious classes for children and that they teach them, they can tie in, like, gardening and the meaning of life into, like, faith conversations and, like, teaching the Bible or anything. And then they can also tie in knitting because then, like, this is, like, really meta, but, like, every stitch you do and you knit, you can, like, say the rosary. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is, like, super, like, boiling it down, which, like, obviously, like, you don't have to do it, but it ties in faith. Cool. Okay. I think that's a possibility. Or do you, what else are we can work with it? Because I think, I think we, <laughs> we can definitely tie in like mindfulness elements to like gardening and like to like craft, exactly. like creative, crafty things. True. That is true. So maybe like, I don't know, maybe some sort of like after school program thing mm -hmm. where like some volunteers from like local churches or synagogues or, sure. or temples or whatever could like come and like teach like mindfulness but obviously children would never sit through a class on mindfulness so like a class that's about like a craft project or like gardening mm. but like really they're being taught about like taking your time while planting the tomato plant not just like planting as many tomato plants as possible you know what I mean I so like that saying? idea a lot and it's so funny because I almost wrote down interfaith Oh, like, the, like, and you were like temples, churches, like mosques or whatever. Like, I feel like this could be a cool thing to like have children from different faiths, like come together to build this community garden, having opportunities for them to talk about their faith and the differences between them. But then they're all like working together to like, right. And then they're also kids. So it'll just be fun. And they're for also them. kids. <laughs> so it'll be super fun. But then we're coming together and we're like knitting this thing together and we're like, gardening together and we're like learning about like the intersections of our faith. I don't know. It's okay. 
I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a hard one. That's tricky. Faith, that's tricky. I was knitting that we and gardening. Faith gardening and vegan cooking. That would have been a really fun one. Ooh. But that would have been a little bit easy. That would have been easy. That's true. Gardening, cooking, and cooking, and gardening. Yeah, that's, that's like, like a whole this thing. is why we try to pick one from each. True. Yeah. I feel like next time we should color code the sticky notes. So that yeah. We know. I will bring my colorful sticky notes. Next time. All right, let's do it. Okay. And I'm trying to find the other one. Should we turn a light on in here? It is getting a little yeah, bit dark. You can hit the sconce. Wait. The scones. <laughs> oh wait, I turned them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the opposite of what I think of when people say hit the lights. I don't really think of sconces. So oh, hit the sconces is just like sconce. really funny. Yeah, I just thing. don't like. I'm particular hit about lighting. <laughs> okay. No, no, this is good. It's like mood lighting. Okay. We have fertile. Oh, photo journalism, data visualization, and affordable housing. Ooh, what? This is like what? a really cool intersection. What? Okay, this is really cool. Really into this. Super excited about it. Okay. What are you thinking first off the bat, Phil? First off the bat, I'm thinking of a project to encourage more affordable housing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That Much needed. Super much needed. And that has it in other neighborhoods other than just the south and west sides. Um, so hiring some, some youth. Some, some teens, some youth. <laughs> some youth. Bringing the youth. Yeah. Um, so probably like, because teen unemployment is a huge issue. True, true. Especially in, job bringing the youth, yeah. Yeah, especially in urban areas. So mm-hmm. hiring them, training them to be photojournalists and training them in data visualization to promote whatever the cause is. But Ooh. just got to connect the, the in-between on what they're actually going to do to promote affordable mm-hmm. housing. They could like they could do photojournalism of like uh, we could try to recruit recruit for this like if you're thinking youth like youth who currently live in public housing mm-hmm. and so Ooh. so we could do like provide them with like some sort of camera equipment or like some sort of pair them with some sort of like professional who like has camera equipment or a volunteer or whatever to like go and maybe take pictures in their neighborhood or like in somewhere inside the like. Or even just, like, the outside of their building. It doesn't have to be the inside of their house. But, like, maybe it could be if they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to use that as, like, this is a day in the life of, like, me, someone who, like, lives in public housing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. As idea. that is kind of, like, the expose oh side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe it's, like, a they make it, like, a kind of journalistic piece that also has some, like, statistics about, like, the terrible public housing situation in Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. And then having an exhibit. This is like what I'm envisioning. Oh, you're thinking like, exi- I was thinking like website. You're thinking like exhibit. Ooh, well, no, I mean obviously we that could do really both. Cool. Ongoing website would be cool, but if there was like an exhibit, we can have, like, we can take all the photos that they've taken, uh, as well as like putting up the photos they've taken like on a map of Chicago and like where you know plotting out where the children live, like mm-hmm. visualizing that data, and then. I mean, obviously, it's a stretch, and, like, you can't really raise... Unless it was an organization that was working specifically to provide affordable housing to people, mm-hmm. this could be, like, a fundraiser for them mm-hmm. to raise money. Like, people will go and pay to see a gallery. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, such a cool idea, too, because it's, like, empowering those kids to, like, and showcasing, like, their work. Mm-hmm. And then also teaching everybody about the state of affordable housing in Chicago. But I love the idea of using kids who are currently living in public housing to do this. 
it's just like such a cool like and powerful thing like this is where I live right especially if you're like paying them as like a, like a summer job mm-hmm. or like a part time summer job you know um, to like do it yeah it'd be a great summer job especially because there are so many different varieties of affordable housing I think people have when they think of it, they think like high rise projects and it's right. And now, now I know a lot of it kind of looks like, like section eight vouchers and you know, Mm -hmm. and your building quality may vary significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that would be an interesting thing to get into. And I'm wondering if like, if we're thinking like exhibit, yeah. Cause like, I know there exists a lot of grants for like art, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so the, for, if we're thinking about like funding, it could be like pitching it as kind of like an art project. Yeah. And then the money from the grant going to like the, um, stipends or payments for the youth who are involved yeah and then like getting like volunteers to help with the exhibit or like university student volunteers or that would be really cool and and I like the idea too of the website so I feel like this could then turn over into a website it would be like an ongoing project yeah that could be cool of just like showcasing different um things this is a really cool one I really like like this one one a lot podcast that I'm really into right now is So Money. It's with this woman named Farnu. She's super cool. She has a week, uh, daily podcast Monday through Friday. It's about 30 minutes and she talks to people about their money habits and mm-hmm. kind of just like how they got to where they are in their career and she interviews different people. Last week she had a millennial week so everyone were they were all millennials and different areas, uh, like different work seg- sectors. Um, but they varied from someone who works at the WNBA to someone who was a venture capitalist. So I'm really into Farnoosh. She's cool. And then she takes questions on Fridays from people about different money issues. One question was like, should I invest in my retirement or pay down my student loans? And then she'll try to give advice on that. So there's the finance side, but then also career advice. But she is about to, she's about to get a show on one of the networks where she follows different entrepreneurs around. Whoa, that so sounds really cool. Seems pretty cool. That's awesome. Chelsea, what prevents you from burning out? Lately, I've been big on sleep. The good one. Preach. I think it's so important. And I feel like a few years ago, there was this mantra of, people would brag about how little sleep they get. Like, oh, I can, I've only slept four hours last night and I'm just, you know, this powerhouse entrepreneur, boss lady, like I'm moving and shaking. And I really appreciated um, Adriana Huffington, her book, Thrive. Ariana Huffington. Ariana. Close. Yeah. Ariana. No, good, thanks. Thanks for correcting me. Names, struggle. Um, But yeah, her, the woman who started Huffington Post wrote a book, Thrive, and I listened to the audiobook. And it was inspired by, she basically burned out, crashed, um, passed out in her office. Um, <gasps> oh my it was God, a huge, no. huge thing. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that inspired her to really incorporate work life balance into her life and sleeping yeah, no more and just like everything holistically. So that was definitely a great, that was a great read um, or listen since that was an audiobook. But yeah, I'm really just, like, about getting sleep, trying not to stay up late or, like, sleeping in and, you know, just working later on in the day since my schedule's flexible. Yeah. So, That's such a good sleep. one. That's a good one. I'll share mine because it's kind of related. Um, and this is this goes in the same vein of just, like, taking care of yourself. But saying no can be so powerful. <laughs> so I've, I've found that, especially after work, there are always a million opportunities to network and 
Put it in events. events. Yes. And it's so, I mean, let's talk about FOMO. It is so real. And especially when you're trying, you know, like we are to kind of um, find our way and make connections in Chicago. We're still like learning a ton about the city and the nonprofit sector here. Like it feels like you could be busy every day of the week going mm-hmm. to different things and meeting different people. What I found, which is so helpful, is the empowering feeling of just saying no and being so honest about when you need to take a night for yourself and to really take that like mental health day. I remember last week I was invited to an event with my coworkers and I just told them that I was not going and it was a very big deal um, that I was not going and I, although like they were obviously disappointed, I was like, you know what, I'm so proud of myself for just saying like, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm just going to like cook dinner and sleep and like not do anything and I went to bed at 8 30 so I'm so proud of myself that's really great Ooh. so Good that's my lifestyle tip <laughs> say no and don't be don't feel bad about it yeah. yeah there's a great buzzfeed video on um saying no to a party and when someone's having a party and mm-hmm. you just don't give an excuse you're like no just don't want to go and they go on and on like did your dad like did your dog die is your are your parents in town and she's like no just don't want to go to your party just don't want to go don't want to go that's that's it's the great next video. step so i think yeah. the first step is saying no the next step is saying no without reason because yeah. i'm so guilty of saying no but then making up a reason no like yeah i really need to do my laundry tonight no i you know my i needed my roommate needs help with something i you know just saying no no thanks thanks but no thanks I think mine lately has just kind of been like making a little bit of time every day for personal wellness, which like some days it just means reminding myself to eat some fruit and that's like as far as I get. Some days it's like going on a walk during my lunch break just around the block. Like some days it's like going to the gym if I'm like doing really well. But yeah, I guess I would say just like trying to keep physical health up because I feel like one thing that happens when I start to get overwhelmed with work is that's one of the first things that like flies out the window is like you know I start eating pretty much only carbs and cheese and you know and then I start like feeling terrible and like not sleeping well it it all feeds into itself so even on days when I'm like feeling really stressed out from work if I can make that small push like do something good for myself physically it it makes a big difference for me so The Brink of Impact is created by Chelsea Lowe, Maggie Stoller, and me, Rachel Whaley. You can find us at soundcloud.com slash thebrinkofimpact and on Twitter at Brink of Impact. Our music is Lazy Day from Go Soundtrack. Join us next time for our first interview. Thanks for listening. started going on and on and on about call your girlfriend so So, you know it's really do whatever you want